Hello, this is Suzanne King, and thank you for listening to King's Committee. Today's episode is dedicated to our military, and it's a result of me having seen an article headline and reading a little bit about something that's going on, and um, also just because it's dedicated to our military does not mean that it doesn't apply to other people, to those who either have already served in the military or perhaps those who have not or who have never thought about it. But this is something that I believe is universally applied. So in the military, there is a focus on physical training because you want to be in great physical shape. And there are, because my uncles and my grandfather and my cousins all served in the military. I've heard stories throughout the years and attended reunions and things like that in Hawaii uh, where my grandfather would uh, reminisce with his buddies. Usually there's a fair amount of joking going on and teasing, but uh, all in good fun. But they often mentioned physical training and especially to those who are new to the structure of military service and the schedule that's involved, it could take some time to adjust. Not just your body to adjust to the schedule, whether it's, you know, going to sleep earlier, waking up earlier, or eating at certain periods of time, or eating in certain locations, or uh, having a shorter period of time to eat than maybe you're used to, and having a different type of regimen that your body is set on takes a while to get used to. Just like when I was mentioning getting back into running and letting my body adjust to it. But a big part of your physical fitness has to do with your thoughts and what goes on in your mind as you are training your body. And so I wanted to bring up the notion of discipline because we we discipline our bodies, we physically uh, challenge our bodies to maybe run or do push-ups or sit-ups or um, climb over things or lift heavy things. And that is to condition our bodies. But the root of the word discipline is to teach. And what we are doing is we're teaching our body to be stronger, more flexible, more resilient, more capable by challenging challenging it in ever greater increments. And the same goes with your mental health and how you manage your thoughts. No one comes out of the womb already with the toolkit available to them on how to be mentally tough. Some people are more likely to not need to think about additional structures or or tasks or practices or disciplines for their mental awareness and, and how they walk through their thoughts. And other people need to get exposure to some coping mechanisms to help add some structure to how they're thinking. And so just think about it as, hey, your body's getting in shape. And what you need to do is get your thoughts into shape. And it's easier than it sounds because 
once you sort of go through the steps, you'll realize that anyone can do it, anywhere you can do it, and nobody knows you're doing it when you are. And so something that I wanted to mention is how you can discipline your mind to sort of self-hack or overcome a challenging situation that you might be facing immediately. And these have been helpful to me. I have encountered quite a bit of very traumatic or challenging situations that I believe strongly and I know that I have been able to overcome them by keeping my thoughts mentally strong. It's not going to say that they, they were always at the top of the scale of where they needed to be given a situation, but I could quickly recognize where I was and where I needed to be with my thought processes so that I could survive a situation. So here's the first thing. I want you to think about three things for which you are thankful. And they can be the silliest three things or they can be the most profound three things. They can be the things like, I'm really thankful for the smell of coffee in the morning or the taste of an orange. Or I'm really thankful that I have a cat or a pet bird. Or I'm really thankful that my dog licks my feet. Whatever those three things are, you are thankful for the love and care that that single mom gave you. You are thankful that you had something to eat for breakfast. You're thankful that your shoes fit. You're thankful that your pants are clean. You are thankful that you had a place to sleep. You're thankful for a roof over your head. You're thankful that you have a friend. You're thankful that you're good at running. Or you're thankful that you're good at drawing. Or you're thankful that you know how to whistle or that you can sing or that maybe you're thankful that you've survived something already so you know that you can do it again. And by listing three things for which you are thankful, you are reminding your brain what gratitude feels like. And that will help you lift up your thoughts enough to support them and to create sort of a platform in your mind to go up again another rung in your thought processes. So again, the first three things, the first thing I want you to do is think of three things for which you are thankful. I want you to take a deep breath. Awesome. You just want it below. Now, I want you to think of one living thing that you respect or that you care about. It can be your pet hamster, it can be a goldfish, 
It can be that person that's making you do push-ups or running laps. It can be the person that just shared some food with you. Or maybe it can be the person that just smiled at you. One living thing. One living thing that you respect or that you care about. Okay, take a deep breath. You just went up another level. Okay, so now you've got second level scaffolding going. Now, think about one living thing that cares about you. And sometimes we assume that there's not anything in that category, and that's wrong. That's just not healthy thinking, is it? That's not helpful thinking. That's not going to get you to achieve your goals. So I'm going to give you an example about a living thing that cares about you. First of all, I do. Because if I weren't making this podcast for you to hear out there, I wouldn't really care now, would I? I would just go about my life and not put this out there to hopefully help you. And I'm a stranger, and you're a stranger to me, but I care enough about a human being who might need a little lift up to put this out there. And I wouldn't be able to put this out there if I hadn't already felt like you feel. So, one living thing that cares about you, I do. Here's another. When someone teaches you something, they're showing you that they care about you because they could spend their time doing anything else, but they're not. They're choosing to take their time and use their skill or capability to teach you something. That can be how to tie a knot. It could be how to hoist yourself up somewhere. It could be how to code something, how to use a piece of equipment, how to make a bed. It could be teaching you how to clean something. It could be teaching you how to drive. Anyone who teaches you something cares about you. And you could say, oh, well, that person gets paid to do that. And I'm going to tell you, you got to check yourself. Because that person could have chosen to do something else than teach for a living. They could have done anything else. And if you don't think that they had choices, you're wrong. Everybody has choices. And something in them chose teaching. Whatever it is that they're teaching. How to play an instrument. How to do math. Anything. So someone that teaches you something cares about you. The next is someone that challenges you to do better. That person cares about you. They're challenging you to do better because they think you've got it in you to do better. They have confidence and faith in your capability. And everybody ebbs and flows and goes up and down and has good days and bad days. That's normal. That's human. But for someone to say, hey, you can do better, that's not them trying to weigh down on you. That's them saying, hey, you're capable of going up a notch or two or three 
and they're challenging you. They're putting the bar further. They're making you run that extra lap because they're trying to help you discover what they already see inside you and what they believe that you're capable of achieving. So if they're saying, hey, you got a C minus on your test and they're challenging you to do a little bit better, maybe it's because they know that you really didn't study and you didn't really put all your effort into it and that you could do better. Because guess what? Everybody could do a little bit better. So someone who challenges you to do better is someone that cares about you. The next person that cares about you is someone that gives you feedback. Someone who cares enough about you to say, you know what, that wasn't okay. Or you know what, you were wrong here. Or, you know, hey, I gotta set you straight. You really kind of messed that up. Or maybe they're giving you feedback and saying, I like what you did there, totally love the effort, but here's where I'd like you to focus. That is not negative. That is intended to help you because they see in you the ability to improve. When someone gives you feedback, they give you information that you can then take to get to the next level. And it's your choice to take that. And that's empowering to have that choice, isn't it? Someone who cares about you is someone who makes you food. Someone who feeds you, who nourishes you, who puts food in front of you, who brings you food, who gives you food, who makes food so that you can help yourself to it. And whether that's in a mess hall or in a kit or in a brown paper bag or on a tray or a home-cooked meal, still, someone cared enough to spend their time to make that. And you know what? You could also say, well, yeah, they're getting paid to do that. They could have done something else. They didn't have to be there. And it's how you choose to look at that situation and how you choose to be grateful for it is telling me how far up you're just going to move yourself on that ladder of mental health and mental fitness. The next thing is someone gives you a gift. They give you a reward, they give you a commendation, they give you an acknowledgement of some sort, they give you praise. It's all a gift. It doesn't have to be something that costs money. They give you a compliment. Nobody said that gifts have to cost money. A gift is something that someone gives you that you didn't have to pay for. Now, even if you rightly earned the praise or compliment or whatever, the other person didn't have to give it to you. They chose to. And that's a gift. And someone who gives you a gift cares about you. So now when we step back and we look at what we've covered in terms of not only your physical fitness and physical training, but now look what you have in terms of your mental fitness and your mental training. You've got three things for which you are thankful for. You've got one living thing at least that you respect or care about. You've got one living thing that cares about you. And you know what? 
that fits on your hand, five fingers. So every time you sit there and you doubt your ability to train your own mind and to be mentally tough and mentally strong, you look at your hand. You got three things for which you're thankful for. You got at least one thing that you respect or care about. You've got one living thing that cares about you. And that hand, once you get strong enough to where you can manage those five things in your hand, you take that hand and you help your buddy. You help someone else. And you keep passing that on. And that makes our team that much stronger and that much more capable. And again, I'm sharing this with you because I care and I think you can do this. This is Suzanne King and I made this message all by myself. Make it a great day.